Almighty and everlasting Father, who of thy great mercy did safely lead thy people Israel through the Red Sea, figuring forth thy holy baptism, and by the baptism of thy beloved Son in the river Jordan set before us a perfect example, we pray thee to so prepare our hearts by thy word and thy spirit, that we may walk in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless, bless and protect the forces of freedom and that civil and religious freedom may prevail. Heal the broken in heart, bind up their wounds, and bring courage to those who hear this broadcast. We ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. O oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before thee. To the heart of God. Amen. 
Greetings to our listeners, everyone and everywhere. You know, friends, we don't hear a great deal nowadays about the old folks. Let's not forget dad and mother and grandmother and grandfather, too. We're happy to report to you that according to letters we constantly receive, this gospel broadcast is bringing hope and salvation to thousands upon thousands of them. A grandmother writes from Rhode Island, I'm an old lady was pastor 99th summer. I can hardly hear. My eyes are too weak to read much, but I listen to the Sunday sermons and I'm very much interested in the prophecies. Will you please send me a copy of your last sermon? I feel that the time is at hand. Friends, this 99-year-old grandmother was a young woman when Abraham Lincoln was president of the United States. All honor to her and thousands like her listening in. Now here's a short excerpt from a very touching letter. I am old, very old. All these years I have neglected Christ, but at last the Voice of Prophecy Bible Correspondence lessons have brought me to a sense of my need. I've put God off a long time. Now will you pray that God will receive this wandering child back again? God's mercy calls to old and young alike. All of our listeners will enjoy this next song of the King's Heralds, I Hear Thy Welcome Voice but it is especially to the old folks at home sitting by their radios we now dedicate this song. I hear thy welcome voice that calls me, Lord, to thee for cleansing in thy precious blood that flowed on Calvary. Thank you, King's Heralds, for that song of invitation. And now, the voice of prophecy with a Bible message for today, who should be baptized? In recent broadcasts, we've considered the questions, why should we believe, when should we repent, what should we confess? And now we come to this question, which naturally follows, who should be baptized? For the answer, we appeal at once to the Word of God. The terms upon which Christ offers to save men are declared in the Great Commission, which is the authority the authority of Christ, before salvation to men through the preaching of the gospel. 
These terms were announced by Christ himself and have never been changed. What are they? Three inspired men, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, have recorded the terms of the Great Commission as spoken by Christ to his disciples. Let us read this threefold testimony of credible witnesses, Matthew 28 and 19 and onward. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Mark 16, 15. Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Luke 24, 46. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Taking all the terms named by these three writers, what we have to do is made clear in this great commission. Notice, as you read these three great scriptural passages, the following terms in Matthew, teaching and baptizing those taught. In Mark, preaching or teaching and baptism of those who believe. In Luke, preaching followed by repentance and remission of sins on the part of those who hear. On the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter preached with such mighty power that convicted sinners cried out, What shall we do? And the inspired answer came as recorded in verse 38 of Acts, the second chapter, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. From these four texts of scripture, we have the answer to our question, Who should be baptized? And it's clearly this, those who hear the gospel believe the gospel and repent of their sins. In his preaching that day, the apostle taught the people. He explained the prophecies of the Old Testament which applied to our Savior and showed them that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. This was teaching that they could understand. They believed it and believed it so completely that the word says when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? That's verse 37. They were under great conviction, something very unpopular today, but nevertheless a part of the experience of those who are proper candidates for baptism. Next came the command of the apostle, Repent and be baptized, verse 38. Toward whom must men repent? Here's the answer in Acts 20, 21. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is this repentance toward God necessary? Romans 3:23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In conversion, we are born to a new life, born again, as our Lord puts it in John 3, 3. In verse 5, he says, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In Christ, we are to be dead to the old life of sin, as we read in Romans 6, 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we shall believe that we shall also live with him. Now, if one is dead with Christ, what should be done with him? Read Romans 6, 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Baptism, then, is a burial. It represents our death to sin and our resurrection with Christ to a new life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 5. Baptism portrays Christ's death and resurrection. It shows our faith that if we fall asleep in death, we too shall rise again. When we see what baptism really means, as in this wonderful sixth chapter of Romans, we shall never have any doubt as to what baptism is. 
After the purpose of baptism, read Colossians 2.12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. No true believer in Christian baptism can ever doubt the resurrection of Christ, that mighty pillar of Christian faith. We must never forget the words of the apostle in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 and onward. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Our preaching is vain. He goes on and says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. Everything depends upon Christ's resurrection. Our preaching, our faith, our witness, our hope, our salvation, our resurrection and eternal life. Everything is vain without it. Everything is sure with it. Thank God for the blessed assurance, now is Christ risen from the dead. And for Christian baptism, the beautiful memorial of that mighty fact. As long as baptism is practiced by believers, so long will men be reminded of Christ's resurrection. In the 8th chapter of Acts, we read of the baptism of the secretary of the treasury of the kingdom of Ethiopia. As he and Evangelist Philip rode together on the way to Gaza, he asked the important question, See, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And the answer came, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Reading Acts 8. This is the requirement of baptism. Belief. Faith in Christ. Do you believe? That's the important question. But true belief involves obedience. When a person really believes... He will obey the commandments of God. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. You see, this great man was eager to obey the word of God. He needed no urging. He himself asked for baptism. What doth hinder me was his way of putting it. And suppose we put that question to ourselves today, all of us who have not yet been baptized. What doth hinder me? What's holding me back? What's the matter with me that I have not obeyed the Lord? Have you forgotten what Christ has done for you? Years after the Civil War, when General John B. Gordon was seeking election as United States Senator from Georgia, the time came for his name to be put in nomination in his state legislature, in which he was an old soldier. And uh, there was another old soldier friend there, who comrade of the war, who was also a member. In some way, General Gordon had incurred the resentment of this man. And when the vote was taken by roll call, he rose and cast his vote against his old friend. General Gordon was seated on the speaker's platform in full view, and the old man's eyes fell on the scar on his face, a mark of his valor and suffering for the cause they both loved. As the old soldier saw that token, he cried out with great emotion, I can't vote against him. I'd forgotten the scar. Some of us may have forgotten the scars, the scars of Calvary. We may have forgotten, and may God forgive us. The brow crimson under the thorns, the wounded side, the hands and feet pierced with nails. Have we forgotten the scars? Behold the Savior's agony while groaning in Gethsemane beneath the sins of men. How can I forget thee? How can I forget my Lord? Dear Lord, remember me. How can I forget thee? How can I forget my Lord? How can I forget thee? Dear Lord, remember me. Come, O my soul, to Calvary, Calvary.
marriage, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, Galatians 3.27. In this public ceremony, believers witness to all men that they have accepted Christ as their Savior. They're united with him, they have put on Christ. Sometimes pride or fear keeps people back from following Jesus. We read in Romans that the Word of God is to have its way and its power. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but Christ has died for those sins. In Revelation 12:11, they overcame him, that is, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. We need to be willing to risk something for him. At the close of a revival in another rural church down in Louisiana several years ago, a number were baptized, among them a young lady of a well-known planter's family. She had a brother. He sent word to the minister that if he dared to lay hands on his sister, he'd cowhide him. Deacons advised against postponing the baptism or having the young lady postpone it. But the minister said, I'm willing to take a cowhiding any day if necessary in order to do my part in baptizing the candidate. Well, the day came. The pool in the churchyard was ready. A large crowd gathered to witness the baptizing or the cowhiding. Standing by the pool was a threatening brother with a cowhide whip under his coat. The minister read from the Bible, offered a prayer, and gave out to him, Jesus, I my cross have taken, all to leave and follow thee. It was sung with deep solemnity, and tears flowed here and there. The man of God then turned to the white-robed maiden, and as she came forward, took her hand to steady her as she descended into the pool. There was not a tremor. Her face was lighted with a radiant joy as she followed her master in the sacred ordinance. As the minister helped the young lady out of the pool, whom should he see throwing a robe about her and taking her in his arms but her brother? He tenderly carried her to the carriage, kissed her, and put her in. And hurrying back to the pool with tears streaming down his cheeks, he said to the minister, Before the amazed congregation, I want you to baptize me. There, before the church, he made a public confession of faith in Christ Jesus and was baptized, cowhide, tailor-made suit, and all. Later, through his influence, a notorious group of his old gambling companions were won to Christ. So this girl's example of faithful and fearless obedience one others to the Lord, including her bitter and worldly brother. And so it is today, God's children overcome all the opposition of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They believe with the Apostle Paul that there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and they act upon it. God never forsakes them when they have faith. When the Savior commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and teach the gospel and baptize believers, he added, Lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. And with Christ, my friends, we need not be afraid. When he is with us, we can go forward always in faith. At the beginning of his ministry, our Savior was baptized, you remember? The heavens were opened and the voice of God said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We have Christ's example and God's word about it. 
Christ was sinless, he obeyed all God's commandments. He didn't need to ask for baptism as a penitent sinner. Therefore, he desired baptism that he might be our perfect example, but also that he might present to God a life of perfect obedience. How can anyone who professes to love and follow Christ consider unimportant what he considered so important? Brother, do you believe in Christ? Yes. Have you accepted the gospel? Yes. Have you been baptized? Can you answer yes to that? If you've not yet done so, will you not follow his example in this sacred ordinance? Dear friend, may God bless you in this. You may have opposition, but go forward. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22, 16. So why do you tarry? Why do you wait? Remember, baptism is our Lord's great commission. Mark 16. Baptism was commanded by Christ. Matthew 28. Baptism is a part of his example. Matthew 3. Baptism was commanded by the apostles. Acts 2. Baptism is the answer of a good conscience toward God, 1 Peter 3. Are you willing to follow Christ in this? If so, let us know, and we will pray for you. And do all we can to help you go forward with intelligent faith. May God help us all to say, I will follow thee, my Savior, wheresoever my lot may be. I will follow thee, my Savior, wheresoever my lot may be. Where the voice I will follow, yes, my Lord, I'll follow thee. I will follow thee, my Savior, thou didst shed thy blood for me. should forsake thee, by thy grace I'll follow thee. Will you follow him? Will you say, I will follow thee, my Savior, wheresoever my lot may be? Where thou goest, I will follow, yes, my Lord, I'll follow thee. Though I meet with tribulations, sorely tempted though I be, I remember thou wast tempted, and rejoice to follow thee. I will follow thee, my Savior. Thou didst shed thy blood for me. And though all men should forsake thee, by thy grace I'll follow thee. And as you follow him, remember he's with you. He'll guide you. He'll keep you. So keep trusting. Keep looking up. One with God is a majority, and all the crossroads and downroads of life cannot change your course if you will keep your hand in God's hand. Have faith in God, whoever you may be. Have faith in God on land and on the sea. 
Have faith in God. He cares for you and me. Have faith, dear friends, in God. Oh, save to the rock that is higher than I. My soul in its conflicts and sorrows would fly. So sinful, so weary, unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.